Hello, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. This is episode two of Witty Banter. I am your host, Chase Williams, and right here to my left, the pride of the woodlands, Hunter Dorsett. Say hello. <laughs> pride of the woodlands. Hello, guys. Yeah. Um, it's currently Thursday, October 3rd. Really beautiful day here in Austin. We got the um, the windows rolled up here in my room. Yeah, by the way, we, we record the podcast in, the, in our room. We don't have like a studio. Anymore. That's nice, though. We have such a great view. It's honestly one of the yeah. It's one of the most incredible views. I've even my roommate, who's lived in several other apartments, says this has been the best view he's ever had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got in the distance. You can see the the clock tower, a couple high rises, and the best part, Hunter. Listen to how fucking romantic this is. Oh shit! The moon <laughs> rises no, no. directly above. You're seducing me. Literally, yeah. <laughs> you want the moon? I'm throwing up on it. You want? Um, so yeah, we're excited to be back. We've literally been clamoring to sit down and get these microphones turned on the, um, the whole week, essentially. We're, thank you guys a thousand times Seriously. for listening. Like, the, um, the amount of people who even, like, texted me and said, hey, I listened to this, or, you know, even the few likes we got on our Facebook page, I mean, I was literally elated. Yeah, I know my fraternity brothers were really, uh, even just, they, not all of them listened, but you yeah. know, the ones that did listen were like, dude, that was cool, I really liked it. Yeah. It was a good idea. Yeah. So we're, I don't know, we're super excited, we, we've got all, nothing but energy to continue on, and um, we hope you keep listening and all that. We're, we've been working on getting the podcast available in several different ways. You can always go to bodaciouschase.com as like a, um, I guess a fail-safe of anything, but we are actually finally on iTunes now. Yes. But uh, here's the deal. Yeah. I'm still working on getting all the information right. It, right. Tur- yeah, it, it turns out doing stuff on the internet is um, fucking impossible. <laughs> and, uh, and shit. Yeah, I it's, can't believe it's that. ridiculous. Um, so yeah, if you, if you go to iTunes and look up Witty Banner in the search bar and then limit your search to podcasts, you will find ours. Currently, this is the worst part. Yeah. The artist is unknown, which it should say Chase and Hunter, and we have no album art yet, which is also bogus. Is the is the title of our podcast still off? Does it still say previews, reviews, and everything in between? Um, I think the information is uh, different, but it's still not right. Okay. Well, well yeah. yeah, again, things that we're uh, working on. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix we it. But you can, but all, all that being said, if you go to iTunes and find us, all you have to do is hit subscribe. And our episodes will pop up in your iTunes every time we post one. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're going to continue that. Hunter, what, what beer are we drinking today? Okay, we were excited about this. Chase, excited. Chase was basically reeling about the fact that uh, this was on the shelf yeah. at, the, uh, at the store we went to. But we're trying out Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale. Pumpkin. No M. Yeah. Only it's M. Not, it's not pumpkin. It's <laughs> Pumpkin. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a full-bodied brown ale brewed with real pumpkin, brown sugar, allspice, cinnamon, and nutmeg. So we're excited. Yeah, 7%. It's, it's October, That's so a little bit of a punch. It's appropriate. Pumpkin beers are the, are the jam. So we're going to go ahead and open these up before ne- we get started. Never had a pumpkin beer, by the way. So. Yeah. Well, they're great. So, Hunter, we, had, we only had one question come in. That's more than I thought. Yeah, exactly. What's even funnier is the person who asked, my Aunt Heather, <laughs> my own family, Aunt That's Heather, great, God. Know, dude. Thank, thank God. Yeah. Aunt Heather has a question for you, Hunter. Okay. How'd the date go, and did you beat her in Top Shot Golf? Okay, so um, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking, Aunt, <laughs> aunt Mrs. Uh, Chase's aunt. But, uh, Mrs. Watts. <laughs> Miss Watts. 
Um, the date itself was great. We actually didn't get to go to Top Golf because she texted me about making plans on the on the Friday before, and she was like, "You just want to do lunch?" And I wasn't gonna be like, "No, let's do this big." I'll be damn. She was yeah. She just wanted to go to lunch, so we went to lunch and we went to uh, Austin Java, which was like really nice. It was uh, it was like the perfect blend of just like good quality food, but then like a little bit hipster vibe, you know? Yeah, hipster vibe. Yeah, especially in Austin. Yeah, you need the salt and pepper on the yeah. accent, you know? Because she's a vegetarian. Oh, and uh, so. I think it, I think it almost was great that I had a choice that naturally yeah. played into you know her lifestyle. <laughs> um, but the, the the date went great. Um, she was an excellent conversationalist. We related to each other in a lot of ways, and then we uh, made plans to hang out in the future. So that's about as good as any date could go. Excellent. Good. Mm-hmm. Good to hear. We'll have to very nonchalantly follow that arc without getting way too personal and like, oh, I listen to your podcast, and I'm glad. <laughs> My entire life has been published to everybody. Because <laughs> I told her about it. The first thing when I picked her up on that date yeah. was that we just got done with a podcast and we were excited about it. And she thought it was hilarious, by the way, that I had never heard of a podcast and that I decided to just, you know, start hosting. Just just one. One. <laughs> yeah. What better way? But yeah, I don't think she's listened to it and I don't think she knows that we've talked about it. But it's been good because I haven't said her name. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, what do you, how's your week been? You been good? I got absolutely stomped by a test last night, so that was that was rough. Uh, but you know, I, I bounced back quickly. Uh, I don't let that suck course you do. Um, um, yeah, I had my first test here at at UT. Honestly, I had my my first German proof run. And look, big looks and Geburtstag, yeah. And yeah, it went well. Um, I, I'm going to ballpark it at a B plus. And I'm definitely going to come in with some more fire next time. Absolutely. Yeah. A little more preparation. A little more gusto. Then. Yeah. And, um, but it's all good. So, first impressions on this beer. What do you think? Okay. So, it wasn't, it's not as pumpkin-y as I thought it would Yeah. Be. Well, first of all, like, talk about, like, let's look at the color. Like the head. Mm-hmm. It's very orange. It's got the pumpkin color to yeah, it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, if it wasn't orange, I'd be a little pissed. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Right? Like, but, that was uh, good. It's nice. Like, whenever I take a sip, uh... It, it leaves, you know, a little bit of the head on the, on the like, you can see the sips a little yeah. bit. It, it doesn't stick as much as, like, the really, really nice like beer stout. Yeah. Fucking Guinness. But I, I generally kind of use that, kind of like with people that use the legs on wine. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of a quality tester. But um, I think it's good. Uh, I need to I need to give it a little bit more time before That's, I really yeah. give a good opinion. First impression, um, as far as aromatics, you can kind of smell that nutmeg first off. And when it comes to taste, um, definitely more so, there, you know, you can taste the pumpkin. There's a lot of brown sugar, which is delicious. Yeah, brown know, sugar like, is better than any other thing in the world. Yeah, it's, much. it's outstanding. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you can still get a lot of that, that nutmeg and, you know, a little bit of cinnamon in there. It's really good beer. But with that all out of the way now, we're, um, we're ready to get started with our, our new sheet that we've got prepped here. A little more, I think a few more stories that we had last week. Um, Which is fine because we're not doing all the introductory stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, but we also, I think, I think they're a little shorter than last time. So uh, let's get started. This is Witty Banter. Witty Banter. Number <laughs> number one, the Red Cross is asking game developers to follow international laws of war when making war themed video games. <laughs> and this was uh, a statement issued to BBC. And so a couple a couple examples. Uh, so example one, a game 
Okay, I'll, I'll read. I'll read what they want first. Example one: Wars. This is a quote, uh, I believe, from the, the Geneva Convention. Uh, wars should be limited to political goals and should not include unnecessary destruction. Hmm. So, with a game like Battlefield, where honestly, a huge selling point for that game is just blow everything up. You've seen Ant Hill. Throw a fucking grenade down there because it's going away. After the vista. <laughs> yeah. Um, example number two. People and property not contributing to the war should be protected. And a huge violator of this is Call of Duty. Now, with Call of Duty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, you actually played a mission where you assumed the role of a Russian terrorist. And you walked into an airport and you, you slaughtered people. You killed innocent people. I remember that. Yeah. Because you take on the you take on the villain at mm-hmm. one point, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was brutal. <laughs> it really was. But um, then like you totally see the other side too. I, I like it's almost like what is considered war. Like you could consider like uh Grand Theft Auto where the two gangs are fighting each other and you're like accidentally killing innocent bystanders like a gang war. So yeah. would that be like a code of conduct? Well I think especially since the fact that they're they're quoting the Geneva Convention. I think they're talking like state versus state, right? Yeah. You know, national war. But um, that's a good thought. We're going to come back to that in a second. The third and last thing is safeguarding rights of persons who fall into the hands of the enemy, whether that be POWs, the wounded, sick, or citizens. And um, I, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure Call of Duty has done something along the lines of this, but. There's, uh, I think, Spec Ops the line. We have something involved. Um, but, yeah, there's been, you know, torture scenes where you've been involved mm-hmm. in games. And so it's just, to me, it's really interesting that, I mean, A, games have been, have gone to the Supreme Court before in terms of violence. And like, really? What, yeah. I, mean, I just think it's so weird that people will find so much offense from it. It's not real. I know. And I just... Yeah. Um, but the fact that even... I mean, like, this is on an, an international stage now. Like, the Red Cross has said to BBC, like... How, does the Red, how are they an authority on this? I mean, they're a pretty large institution. But know? I thought that they were just, like, a charity. Uh, well, shit, how'd they start, you know? Like, <laughs> we, we, all, yeah. we know a lot about history, guys. And video games. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they started as, like, yeah, you know, they were nurses in right. war. And, they yeah, they've just grown as an institution. And, yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they do charity stuff. But they're also, they're relief. You know, like, when shit goes south in a country, they're, they're there helping out. Okay. And uh, they're just one of those things that have so much fame that their institution has, honestly, has so much influence now that it's all, it's got its own. Power, power in its own right, like authority. Well, like what would happen? What I'm, I guess, what I'm getting at is, <clears throat> say a game uh, is like, no, we're you know, f that, we're not gonna follow <laughs> follow their stupid rule yeah. because we want to make what we want to make, right? Yeah, yeah. So they go ahead and they make their thing. Are they like trying to have it to where like the legislature can like so. put fines or bans or something on it? And I would really, I don't think that's the aim that's censorship. That's, I know, and that's that a is. big deal. And that's exactly what I I would want them to avoid. I don't think that that it's going to go to that. Like I don't think it's like, hey, we're we're making up a draft where if you violate this as a game company, yeah. we're going to fine you or anything. But but here's like a caveat: what about ga- what about war crimes being committed being committed in games, and and that's being used to drive the narrative? You know, like maybe this is a bad guy, and the whole like, yeah, he tortures people. You should hate him or. Yeah. You know, because like cause to a certain extent, yeah, you have to have that emotional attachment. 
good or bad, mm-hmm. to a game for you to keep wanting to play, keep wanting to you know overcome the next right. next obstacle. Or even even if a game like gave you contextualized choices where you kind of got to choose to commit a war crime or not, and like doing it yes or no either way could affect the gameplay or or you know. That, and that's what was cool is that, that one, what was that game that you recommended for me? I called you in Best Buy, I used Dishonored. your professional gamer opinion. Yes. And, uh, yeah, Dishonored. By the was, way, I hated them. Oh, well, okay. But, on, on this point is like, the way that the game ended and concluded was, uh, entirely directed on how you played it, how yeah. you interacted with the game. So if you were an asshole the whole time you played... <laughs> it was killed people. Yeah, then, like, at the very end, there were, you know, they would show, like, these real, like, pretty harsh, brutal scenes of people getting, you know, killed, and, like, you were a horrible guy, people hated you. But then if, like, you were sneaky, and you were stealthy, and you did stuff, you know, the way that you quote-unquote should have, right. then you'd have, like, this nice, happy ending, and, like, you'd see, like, the main character that you wanted to see. At the He's end. getting married. They're in Hawaii. <laughs> so... I don't know, that's kind of like, that makes sense to be able to make it adjust to how you play the game. I just think the fact that uh, Red Cross is, has said this just validifies games even further. And that makes me excited. The importance of games. Yeah, and even 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 the debate as uh, our games aren't, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there uh, are. Oh, yeah, there are. So there you go. So yeah, if it is art, then, I mean, I guess technically... I, I can kind of see where they're getting because I I've honestly asked myself this question too like when does it become when does it become so realistic that it's disrespectful mm-hmm. you know because and I'm going to use Battlefield as my example okay. Battlefield blows my mind honestly with the <laughs> realism it's crazy yeah. the first time I ever played it I was literally just like wide eyed like oh my god I've never been so immersed before like geometry yeah because yeah. like literally if you're getting shot in the stomach the camera will bounce in such a way that it's like you're taking that impact. Like you look down. On yeah, the and like in like the knife kills. Oh, oh my god, they're brutal. First of all, <laughs> there is no other way in the world worse, in my opinion, than going out by getting stabbed. That just <laughs> terrifying. I don't know, me. man. The chainsaw in, uh, in Gears of War. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the day when that day comes, we strap chainsaws to our guns. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Like, at what point in time does it become disrespectful to, to even, like, servicemen and women who are who are actually... Like, if they played it, they'd be like, this is good bullshit. Yeah, like... Because there are, you know, like, especially the service people. Mm-hmm. They really, you know, they, they have a strong feeling, or a feeling on it because it's something that they have actually interacted with. So it's easy for us to be like, oh, it's virtuality, it's digital, it's not a big deal, because we've never actually inter- encountered something yeah. like that. But, yeah, for them, I... I can only imagine that they get pissed off. So, I don't know. It's going to be a, 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 a vague, hazy line. And it'll it's be from game game. from game to game. They're going to have to just, like, you know, walk that line and, and, you know, push it, I guess, as close as they can without going over. Yeah. Whatever that is. That's true. All right. Um, number two. All right. Let me, I guess, unless, before I dive into this, Hunter, um, are you familiar? So, we talked about that last yeah. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not only does Valve have Steam and they're making the box, Steam another, box, Steam box. <laughs> another reason why they're you know held in such great regard is because the actual games that they themselves develop and publish are fucking brilliant. <laughs> they're amazing. So have you heard of uh, a game called Half Life or the Half Life series? I have. I haven't. Okay. Um, it's it, it, like it, it hits a bell yeah. at some point in my brain. But, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. What about uh, Portal? 
Is that where you jump through? Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, I've seen, like, uh, you know, a couple of commercials for it, but I've never played it. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, I don't know if you've heard, like, the cake is a lie, the little nerdy mm-hmm. isms like that come from mm-hmm. that. Okay, well, essentially, Half-Life 3, as a trademark, was filed by Valve about three days ago, September 29th, with Valve as the owner. This is a huge deal, because the last Half-Life game that came out was Half-Life 2, Episode 2, in 2007. So seven years, or six years ago. Yes. Okay. And it came in, um, included in this, there was a, a basically a bundle called the Orange Box that came with Portal, Half-Life 2, uh, Team Fortress 2, and a couple other games. Okay. And, um... Ever since, like, first of all, Half-Life is, is held as, you know, when you ask people, hey, what's your favorite game of all time? What are you going to hear? You're going to hear Zelda. You're going to hear Halo. Yep. You're going to hear Half-Life. Without uh, a doubt. Really? Yeah. Okay. Half-Life. What, like, what is the, give me just like a, a one-sentence synopsis of what you do in Half-Life. Okay, well, here's the, here's the worst part. <laughs> I myself haven't played them. Ooh, okay, I've, game of chase. I know. Ooh, okay. I'm dropping the ball right now. Essentially... You, you play this guy named Gordon Freeman, and you're a scientist, and you, I'm pretty sure, you're a scientist become soldier, okay. essentially. And they got, like, really cool guns, like this gravity gun, it's, they got some cool stuff in there. So Half-Life 2 ended, and it's, it's like I said, it's Halo's one of the greatest games of all time, and since then, gamers just across the world have been clamoring, just, like, <laughs> eating at their skin, it just, they can't sleep at night, oh just, yeah, cold sweats. <laughs> They, they want Half-Life 3, they want it. To the point where, like, you'll go on Reddit, and, like, Gabe Newell, the guy, you know... The, the anointed saint the of anointed gaming. anointed saint of gaming. <laughs> comes still out of that. Yeah, and he'll... Gamers will purposely take pictures of, like, maybe a press conference he did, and just on purpose, just be like, well, you see, there's three microphones in this picture, and Gabe is pointing to them. Maybe that means, like, that's how bad they want it, right? So the actual, the fact that the trademark is filed <laughs> guarantees nothing, but of course it's a sign of optimism. It's, right. a good, it's a point in the right direction. It's almost like, though we haven't heard it from Valve, and though we don't actually know, it's like the wait is almost over. You know, it's like, it's going to happen. It's, it's, I mean, if they're doing all this, like, new, yeah. you know, this real big launch with this new... You know, Steam Box and all this stuff. And like, that's okay. Course, right? yeah. like, so, that's what about this? What about this? So, what if, and, and just imagine, I'll go with you. everybody. So, everybody wants Half Life 3, right? right? They're just, ugh. what if that was an exclusive game only for found Steam on Box. Steam Box? Yeah. You know? Of course, and it's such a. If it really does have that standard for gamers, mm-hmm. like one of the best games of all time. I think it would sell, boom. Yeah, Game Busters. Not, well, not. <laughs> Just yeah, dude. Be a blockbuster. Well, um, yeah, that's like an awesome incentive. Uh, Plus, but one thing we we didn't really cover last time was, I think what will be a detriment to the Steam Box is the price, because if it is like a miniature PC, which is what I want it to be, because if I'm going to buy it, I want PC quality games, and what comes to the territory of playing a game on PC is beautiful graphics because yeah. the innards are incredible. So if this thing ends up being $800 or so... Have they even broached an idea of Not even close. This is pure speculation. Because, like, I kind of want to say that, like, if it it has such a quality and such great, you know, internal stuff within it, it's I want to relate it almost, like, to, uh, like, an iPhone, like Apple or something, right? And they can charge, you know, like, pretty high prices. And people, the innovators and the early adopters are going to be ready to pay for that. Yeah. 
But you know, and there's if it gets outrageous, then like, come on, you gotta you gotta be able to compete. So that's what I'm saying. Box. Do you pigeonhole yourself by making this an, ex- an exclusive, banking on the fact that people will buy your system for it, or do you release it to you know um, Xbox and PlayStation and Steam and do multi-platform? Because this is Valve's property, so they, they have the choice. I, personally, I have no insight into how releasing games across platforms as opposed to an exclusive platform, how that would go. Essentially, it's like, if you're an exclusive, I'm going to pay you extra money. I'm going to pay. I'm gonna try to make up the money you wouldn't have made mm-hmm. by essentially doubling your audience, you know? I don't know. I guess it would just, it would just have to be a weight of, weighted options yeah. uh, for, for Valve because... They I mean, would probably make more money going across more platforms, mm-hmm. but if they're really trying to spearhead that Steambox thing and, and institute that as like you know the next big thing yeah. of their profits, then they wouldn't it's, care. It's, yeah, know, it's like, way too far away. Yeah, I mean, shit. The the box doesn't come out till next year. <laughs> I know, but we're this is a trademark. We're being, being speculative. <laughs> That's it's true. okay. You know, it's, it's good. Stuff. Um, so number three on the list, apart from the trademark, this is also has to pertain with Half Life Three. Um, a Valve database detailing Half Life 3's and Left 4 Dead 3's developers has been leaked. Um, Left 4 Dead is also a, um, uh, a game that's produced by Valve. It's, it's essentially like the a whole... Zombie game, it's right? a zombie game. Okay. The whole concept is is you get into a game with three of your friends, you're a four-player four thing, mm-hmm. and you, you fight the zombies, and then there's people on the other side who are the zombies. And there's different types, and you try to kill the other players. How do you do? You get to like uh, sign up for which kind of zombie you want, yes. or is it assigned to you? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I haven't played. Because there's the runner zombies, yeah. and there's, there's like floaters, yeah. and there's big fat guys. Um, <laughs> but dude, people go, dude, they they're bonkers for this game. Like, <laughs> I would love to just be a zombie. It, it's so much fun. Up. Like, just imagine like you and me getting on Xbox every night, and be like, all right, dude, we're gonna play Left 4 Dead, and just you know, shenanigans ensues. Because I love zombies. I know you don't really like I, Walking. Uh, I know you don't really like Walking Dead that much. But for some reason, I really look at I really like looking at humans in animalistic situations. And for, so for zombies, it's basically just life or death, which is how it is for every other animal on Earth, right? Like they're either you're putting eating, the or not the getting human? eaten, huh? So you're putting the human in the animal. Yeah, you're putting okay. a human in a, in a you're putting them back in the food chain, essentially, right? We that's we, interesting. Yeah, we we you know the zombies the animal. Yeah. yeah, we detach ourselves from the food chain because we made the society. I like putting us back in the food chain. I like seeing what people do whenever it's like, look, kill or be killed. I'm all about, like, it's not, okay, I'm not all about. <laughs> I am, I am lukewarm. <laughs> Tepid. Yeah. I'm fucking moderate on zombies. I just, I just, I don't know, I just think there's a real bad lack of creativity in zombies now. Okay, it's yeah, just okay. such a pop culture thing where, like, you put a zombie in a meat grinder, you turn the crank, here's your zombie sausage, you're, yeah. you're gonna love it. It's, it's fat. It's kind of, it's kind of like following, like, there was that, uh, the pirate buzz, and then the vampire buzz, and now yeah. it's a little bit zombie but buzz. But dude, zombie buzz has been going on for like, uh, 15 yeah. years now, dude. <laughs> oh my god! That's what I'm saying, we're going in. So yeah, back, back to this database. Uh, apparently, this was a database that was typically used to track bugs, and it was publicly exposed, and I couldn't really find any more information than that on the, on the internet, as to, like, maybe, it says it was located in Jira, I don't know if that's a city somewhere, or what, but, um, maybe, I don't know if someone hacked it or what, but what it does, the, a really cool thing is it shows that, um, the, the writer, or, okay, hold on now, co, the co-writer for Portal Eric Wolpow is going to be in law, involved in Half-Life 3. And, and the reason why this 
should really get your jollies off. <laughs> is that like Portal is as honestly as 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 incredible as the gameplay is, and it really is. The writing is what stands out. Like, yeah. The game is the story. Whole, the story is great. The game is hilarious. Mm. The main character in in Portal in the first Portal, or no, the main villain was a computer, and like the way they handled that and gave us computer personality was hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and like, and even in, in, in Portal 2, there was two of them. You had a guy, another computer who followed you around, mm-hmm. and then you had the same villain from the last time, and it was it was spectacular. So the fact that this guy is involved, and I guess it's kind of obvious, like, of course he's going to be involved. Like, yeah. they're not going to let him go, and like, they're going to want to utilize him. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just the first sign that this game is probably going to be fucking awesome, you know? <laughs> Alright, so, uh, number four. Um... Hunter, do you know what the game Destiny is? Uh, I do not. Okay. I'm, we're about at the point where, like, if you bring up any game <laughs> that's not, like, Guitar Hero or FIFA, <laughs> yeah. then I won't know what it is. But okay, yeah, keep going with Destiny. Well, you do know what Halo is. Yes. So the company that made Halo is Bungie, all right? Okay. And so when Bungie expunged itself of Halo, when it, when it cut the, the rope and I let go... Still doing it. Well, Halo is now in ownership of 343 Industries. Oh, they're doing it. Um, and a few of, of the creative guys, or a few of the you know the big head guys kind of split off. Frank O'Connor, who was with Bungie and worked on um, Halo for, like, the entire time, he's at 343. So you still have, like, some Halo talent mm-hmm. pumping those games out. Regardless, Bungie's next game is Destiny, okay? Okay. So let me tell you about Destiny real fast. Please do. It's it's a online MMO, massively multiplayer, and... And this will be, like, on Xbox and PlayStation 3? It's going to be on all four. Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Xbox One, oh, okay. PlayStation 4. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, essentially, it's, it's this... You and I get together, we choose a character in a class, and it's honestly a very ambitious vi- vision. They are going to... They've already came, they came, out, came right out and said it, that this is going to be a 10-year endeavor. 10-year, like, thing that they're going to have to work on, like, before yeah. it even gets put out? No, like, once it comes out, when, when it, when, whether it be DLC, new games, they are committed to this for 10 years. Oh, shit. So, yeah, they, they're building these, this massive world, all of this lore, okay? And, basically, like, I'm, I'm ecstatic. It looks incredible. The game is fucking gorgeous. Just the name alone kind of gives me a half chug. Right, dude? Like, even and, and just the quality of, like, for instance, one of the voice actors is um, I forget his last, or his first name, his last name is Deaklidge, the guy who plays <laughs> Tyrion. <laughs> oh, Tyrion. Tyrion. Oh my god, he's my favorite dude. Yeah, his voice is going to be in the game. He has an awesome voice. Yeah. Um, so essentially, they're going to do a public beta. Okay? Okay. And this, so... And this is according to Destiny's community manager, Eric Osborne. Um, and, and kind of the aims for this, it's going to, in contrast from Halo 3 and Halo Reach's beta, where it was very small, it was just like a three-map offering, get in, um, kind of test the, the mechanics. They're going to treat this beta as a massive scale across all four platforms. Um, Full full product release is the the word they use. So essentially, they're going to give gamers who sign up for this beta the game. They're going to give them the keys to the car. That's cool. Yeah. And how many do you know? Do they have a number on how many beta members? So 
they give you, um, they give you, so this is how you get in, and it's honestly really easy, okay. alright? Nice. If you pre-order the game right now, you go to GameStop, you go to Amazon, Walmart, wherever you get your games and pre-order it, it's going to come with the beta code, while supplies last. That's the, that's the anecdote. So I don't know what the supply is. I would imagine, since they are boasting this incredible, huge, massive world, that a lot of fucking players are going to get in. Yeah. I personally, like, i got to get my ass down to, to GameStop now. <laughs> well, actually, that being said, like, I am so excited for this game, and the, um, the pedigree that Bungie brings to the table is so good that I know I'm buying it. I know I'm going to love it. I almost want to not play it. So when, it, when it's... When it's finished on day one, I can get the finished product and experience it as it's meant to be. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. You don't want to even you don't want to see the middle ground, and then not even be. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so the beta is set to start in the spring. Um, I, the game is supposed to come. Yeah. The, the game is set to to come out next year, and um, I really hope that they're able to make. The date. I really hope it doesn't get pushed back because delays, like mm-hmm. delays, plague the gaming industry. They blow me. Yeah, exactly. You get you get so <laughs> excited for weeks. Like, why, why do you even make a a date and then like you know yeah. you should be conservative about your projections. Not yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like well, but I mean, there's also pressure from like uh, you know Microsoft. Like, you need to get the shit out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So apart from the beta being being teased and talked about, um, Destiny's PlayStation 4 box art was revealed. And I'm actually going to pull it up real fast for you, Hunter, so you can see it. Okay. Um, we got it right here in front of us. It's pretty, isn't it? Oh, for Destiny? Yes. Yeah, I still don't really know what... You said that we get together, we go in this world. What do we actually do in this world? So it's a first-person shooter. Okay. And essentially, like, there's the three classes that they've talked about. There's a warlock, uh, like a warrior, and a rogue. You're pretty standard, okay, you yeah, know? Yeah. And um, we, we just go, we level up. It's very loot-driven. So games like Borderlands and um, Diablo, what happens is, like, you kill a boss or you kill an enemy, and they drop randomly generated loot, whether it be new guns, new armor. So, but, it, but, like, being a... That being more of a badass in the game, it doesn't mean that you're going to drop more of the loot. Yeah, it's sort of just like we kind of. It's it's a way to incentivize playing, where it's like if you want the really good stuff, you need to keep killing people so you right. might get it. You know. Okay. Yeah. So here, but here's okay. You know, the box art looks great. Honestly, box art isn't very um, like for me. Who cares? Like, <laughs> I'm. It's an illustration. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> God, God forbid we give credit to the amazing artists who make these things. <laughs> They're like, fuck these guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, great, you painted something. Awesome. You know, for me, I know the games that I'm going to buy, so I go out and buy them. So I guess, I don't really know if people really walk down an aisle and buy games based on, on art, you know, anymore. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little bit different. Because, okay, it's, it's nice because I'm a casual gamer, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't even put gamer almost in. But you, you, you're... you good, decent, you know what you're doing game, right? So like, hard. the way that I would go about buying a game would be completely different probably than the way that you would, right? Yeah, well how do you buy games? I either call you, <laughs> or, which you know, I did, but yeah. um, I either call you or I just really have to know what I'm looking for before I go, yeah. and then I just compare across that. Because that that's the thing, it's like, dude, games are 60 bucks. Which is, that's fucking... 
That's not a drop in the bucket. Again, you have to appreciate the art of it. You have to appreciate mm-hmm. all that shit that goes in it, all the people that made it. But think about it's a value. Bucks, man. Think about it value wise. Okay, you go pay ten dollars to see a movie. That's a two-hour experience, which I think is too much. Okay, fair enough. Sixty dollars could either warrant you like an eight-hour first-person shooter campaign mm-hmm. or a three-hundred-hour RPG. Yeah, which and is yeah. So yeah, there there is a spectrum there. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess um, the main point I'm trying to make is that, you know, I don't really know how, like, everyday... I don't really know if, if box art really matters. Uh, yeah. No, I wouldn't say. I'd say it's a supplement to the quality of the game. Yeah. It's it's definitely not going to be a, a make or break. Yeah. I mean, because I guess... have horrible box art and have a great game. Because with me, when I buy a new game, and it's got pretty box art, and I'm opening it up, yeah. and I'm just like, look at this, look at this. You know what a lot of, you know what a lot of games do now? This is fucking awesome. Yeah, this what? really just... Oh, I can't... I love it. <laughs> we open it up. You can take the, um, the original game cover out, flip it, and it has like a secondary cover. And in fact... So if you're like a true gamer, that's what yeah, you Yeah, you flip it, it out. Because you know what game it is. And then like when you walk into somebody else's and they have their slip drive, like... She's on the level with me. <laughs> yeah. And like, what's funny is, uh, like, The Last of Us had it. Skyrim has it. Um, yeah, a lot of games are falling in line. Grand Theft Auto actually didn't. And uh, it's, it's literally gotten to the point now, when I open a game box up, you expect that's the first thing I do. And so when it wasn't there, I was like, ah, fuck you guys. You know, we're not doing it anyway. Uh, the last thing I want to mention about this is, why, why did they just release the PlayStation 4 box art? Does that, A... I think it just means that it's going to be the same. Like, but then why would they say PlayStation Four? I mean, just to be specific, I guess. I mean, uh, I, I feel like here's do do games differ box art depending on the box? I've, I've never seen it. There very well could be an example that I don't know about, but I've never seen it. That I mean, that being said, um, like Destiny is a is a multi platform game. It's coming to Xbox and yeah. Sony, okay. but. And a lot of games do this. Call of Duty has aligned itself with the Xbox. Okay, good, good. when it's when it's at when Call of Duty is advertised, it's buy Call of Duty, and then at the end of the commercial, Xbox 360 yeah. exclusive content for Xbox 360. Well, actually, Place uh, Destiny has aligned itself with PlayStation 4. Okay, mm-hmm. because and, true gamers, because it's it's going to be probably just for those true gamers. Like yeah, I said earlier, I mean that's right? true. That's, that's yeah, and and they know what's up, and so. And, and, and here's the worst part: is it works? Okay, like for me, for me, um, when I when I know something's multi-platform and it's being advertised in the PlayStation Three, I'm not like, oh, that, I can't buy that game. But like, I've had people be like, oh no, man, I kind of want to buy the PS4 so I can play Destiny. And I'm like, dude, you can play, you know. Yeah, but it's like, who cares if your friends aren't playing it on that same console? Exactly. That's um, what we talked about last. So time. yeah, I, I guess this is a obviously. I think you know, not I think Sony has to be paying some sort of premium to Bungie to make sure that their name is the one associated with it. I think this is just one more step and extension in, the, in that, is that, you know, this is the PS4 box. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't really know what that, that's going to mean. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it probably does. I think it probably goes back to what we were saying in the last podcast, talking about, you know, PS4 is more of a, a super gamer uh, niche uh, console, and Xbox One's more, more of a casual gamer. It's not like there's going to be families that are going to want to play <laughs> yeah. Destiny together. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, what do, what do you mean I can't drop my bolt pistol? I'm going to... God <laughs> damn it, Mom. Dad! Would you just swap your loot with me? I'm going to loot you. Um, the last thing I want to say, I know we've been going on and on about this, the, the art style for Destiny is honestly probably the, the biggest reason why I want to buy it. Yeah. 
I am a huge sucker for like really cool looking armor. I'm a huge sucker for masks. I mean, who isn't? Like anyone that really likes games, you got you got to enjoy the appearance of your character. Yeah, I mean, every game has its own aesthetic for sure, and uh, theirs is incredible. Okay, you know, lots of capes. And yeah, even on this uh, this box art, you got a fucking cape square right in the middle. Yeah, I can't really see his face from here, but he, I mean, looks like he has yeah, cool but face. I'm excited. Cool. I bet that's a really cool looking cool cape. Yeah. Okay, number six. Um, Actually, you know, we're taking a little turn away from gaming for just a split second. That's okay. Hugh Jackman has been confirmed for a role in Neil Blomkamp's or Blomkamp's new film. Do you know who Neil Blomkamp is? <laughs> Absolutely. Have you heard of the movie District Nine or Elysium? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's your bingo. He's the guy who did both of those. And so Hugh, Hugh Jackman's essentially going to be in space. Though. He's going to be. He's gonna, yeah, he's going to be an astronaut fighting other astronauts, right? <laughs> Um, he's, Neil, Neil Blomkamp's doing another sci-fi movie, you know, his third one now, and I've been a fan of him since District 9. I thought District 9, have you seen it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, District 9 blew me away. And I liked did, it. Did you know that District 9 was actually filmed with the revenue that was built to make For a Halo, Halo movie? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Still kills me. I, yeah, this is me on How was, dude, through with that. How has there not been a Halo movie? <laughs> I, I still, yeah, that's a, that's a I still don't understand it, like... Out of the millions of copies that that game has fucking sold, in my personal opinion, every one of the people who has bought a copy of that is going to see that movie. And the thing is, is like you know, you are you are one of those people that really is a sucker for good storylines mm-hmm. in the game, right? And you are the biggest believer in that Master Chief storyline. Well, Master right? Chief is honestly in my top three characters of all time. He's bad. If I'm going to make a top three right now, off the top of my head, I'm going to give you a link. Goku and Master Chief. <laughs> you put you put Link before Goku. Ah, uh, that's yeah, that's true. Link, Link you know you love Goku. Ah, uh, Goku is pretty dope. Um, but yeah, so uh, I first of all, Hugh Jackman's badass. Yeah, and he's he's a baller. He, not, he straddles like the ladies' man kind of roles, plus being like a super manly badass. Yeah, like in like, X Men, well. dude, that guy's body fat percentage was probably like negative five. <laughs> he had veins on his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. Flexing his yeah, eyes. and not only that, but like he's also shown his his acting merit with you know. Let me. There you go. Yeah, yeah. he's blowing it up. Um, Sing a little. So, uh, so the film is going to be called Chappie. C-H-A-P-P-I-E. Is that supposed to be like a, a punny version of Happy or something? I think it's the name. So here's what it's about. It's a film about a robot with artificial intelligence that has been kidnapped by gangsters. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and assume that the name of this robot is Chappie. Okay. Okay. Um, it's going to be shot in Johannesburg, uh, South Africa, okay. which is where District 9 was shot. Yeah, the guy had such an interesting accent, I thought, the main character. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> even shoot the fucking prom! Don't even shoot the fucking prom! It's a prom! It's a prom! Um, that's, but this is, that's actually the one um, point that kind of worries me, is that, like, I thought, I thought Elysium, even though it wasn't shot in South Africa, looked a lot like District 9. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, slums. And a lot of it was shot in Mexico. Okay. And, um... So yeah, that's that's set to release March tw- two thousand fifteen. I'm really excited about that. Like I said, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of both both those people we mentioned. So is is Hugh Jackman supposed to be the robot or no? The robot's gonna be voiced. Is he? Oh, is so he gonna be like? Is he gonna be a gangster? Uh, I don't know if he's gonna be one of the gangsters. I would imagine he's a protagonist, probably trying to get him back. Okay, okay that know? makes sense. Okay, um, he'll just flex at them and be like, "Oh, okay, yeah. here you go." Listen, dude, we don't want any trouble, all right? 
Wolverine! Get fucking out of here. Alright, number seven. Okay, Hunter, a few years ago a game called Rocksmith was released. Okay. And Rocksmith is actually a game that I had always wanted to buy. And here's why. You take the Guitar Hero formula, okay? Streaming notes coming down at you on a plane. Only you hook up a real guitar. And any guitar. Your guitar, it, it comes with a $10 additive, a little adapter where any guitar can plug into this game, and this game teaches you how to play. That's so... That's, we need to integrate shit like that. <laughs> like, yeah. like being able to do actual real skills through video games. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I completely agree. And not only that, it's like, it's really well done. It's like easy. I can't even imagine what you would do. Though. Easy is like single notes. Mediums like power chords. Then it's real chords. and it's solos. It's so and I know. So guess what? Rocksmith 2 is coming out. And uh, it's kind of nice that there's been such a large time between Rocksmith 1 and 2, which means they're not just trying to cash in on the name. Okay. They're not being iterative. Which what Guitar Hero did. Oh, dude. The whole... Oh, my God. The whole music genre was ran into the ground yeah, by weird. Activision. Um, honestly, we I could talk about that for hours. That's a... Because we, we, we were one of those, you know... We were the first ones. Innovators, and so, like... Guitar Hero 1 came out and we were like, we love this set list. Tom and Max brought that over to our house in like, what, 7th grade? Uh, I started, well, the first time I ever played it, I remember Jordan Reedy was the first person who had ever played it or whatever, and she brought it over to Cole's place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, we we played it in 7th grade. That's when we first started, man. We were the originators. So Rocksmith 2 is coming out. It's supposedly going to have, like, a a lot lot more features. Um, It's going to be able to teach you, you're going to be able to go into, like, a... uh, like a tutorial mode almost where it's like, hey, practice this scale, practice this chord progression, then go play these songs. And it, dude, it, it teaches you the ins and outs of guitar. It's so cool. Here's the best part. Guess what song has officially been locked down for it? The Spirit of Radio. Ooh. We're going to get Rush in Rocksmith 2. That alone will be able to buy it. I could just, for even five fucking seconds, feel like Alex Lifeson. I'm there. I'm getting my money. Take my money, please. What would be cool is if, if, uh, if because is it, is it only guitar that they teach you? Yeah, I believe so. Because it would be cool if they did different Bass. variations. Well, you could do a piano version. That's a whole other music reference. Think of, but think of, think of, because it's the, essentially the exact same thing. Pianos are just pushing a bunch of buttons, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you made like a really cool, well, like, interactive-based keyboard, it pushes buttons. You could so actually well. learn some real badass like Mozart and shit, and that would just be and people would be so. See, impressed with honestly, them. I bet if you looked right now, there's probably some guy who jerry-rigged a fucking program. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hunter, how's the beer so far? Okay, yeah, I could give a little bit more of it. Um, I feel like I feel like just from the smell, and again, my smell is just awful, but. <laughs> I feel like I get a lot more of just like the smell of it, yeah. even more so than the taste. Like, really? Like if I just put my nose to it, I feel like I get like a strong reaction. Yeah. And then whenever I taste it, I don't get as much of that. The taste, taste. complements the smell. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I kind of wish it had a little bit more alcohol. Is are you right? Okay. I was literally about to say that. I was like, <laughs> I really wish this thing had more body. Yeah, it feels really flimsy to me. Yeah. It's really thin. I would put. I would. It's put really a little more to, alcohol. Yeah. And maybe it's, a few more hops or something. Yeah. Or well, I mean, it's and it's really easy to drink. And if like I'm gonna go blow. By the way, this was fourteen dollars for a four pack. If I'm gonna go spend fourteen bucks, like I don't want to drink it like it's a Bud Light. You know. We. I mean, it was a marked up price because of where we went. But yeah. I think yeah, we did. We paid thirteen dollars for a four pack of beer, which yeah. is that's hefty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as far as, as, far as you're asking a lot. But uh, yeah, I like it. I 
I don't think that it's something that I would just like go out and want to get year round. I would mm-hmm. want to get it because it's a seasonal. Beer. Yeah, that's true. And it, I think the pumpkin really comes in the aftertaste. Yeah, is I after agree. after agree. you've taken your sip and you and you you sit back and you. <laughs> That's when it's you look, like, you look like the a-hole who's just really, you know, <laughs> looking at your beard. You walk over to some random guy like, excuse me, sir, uh, you're actually not holding your glass. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck you. How about that? <laughs> you let me live my life. Yeah, so, no, um, I like it. I like it. So far, um, so this is this is halfway through. All right, this is not the final score, but give me give me like a percentage. How do you feel about this? Uh, seven out or percentage or out of give, ten? Give me out of ten. Give me out of okay. ten. That should be our staple. Um, ten point scale. Um, Rate of uh, scale. Uh, yeah. You can do .5s too. Okay. But we're not going to do like point eight to nine. No, because we're, we're not a-holes. <laughs> what differentiates the eight to nine now? Fuck you. Okay, so um, I guess just the midway judgment right now for me, I guess is, uh, I'm going to say a 6.5. I'll give it that too. Okay. I'll say this we're is a, far. well, I don't know. When we get to be six, and later in the show, we'll probably give it a seven. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is a fucking ten. It's better than Give me more. <laughs> I'm going to say a seven because to me, six is just okay. Yeah, it's, it's this is a little more than okay. This is good. Seen. This is a good beer. I agree, but yeah. I'm still sticking with my six four. Okay, right. that's fine. Um, real fast, I just want to let everybody else who's listening right now, uh, if you're a gold member on Xbox Live, which pretty much just means if you pay. Um, since E3 back in June, they have been, um, this is honestly a response to Sony. They have been releasing free games every month. So every month, free, free games. Like good games or like shitty games? Well, I'm going to call them mediocre. Mediocre. And what's funny is PlayStation 3's offerings, if you're a PS Plus member, every month, same thing. They've been doing this for years. I think there's been about 70 games now that have come out for free. So essentially, if you if you buy a PlayStation Three and pay fifty bucks a year, you just play yeah, free games for the rest of your life. Basically, you're yeah. there, um, and their offerings are awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like AAA games that are all either six months, eight months, four months old. I kind of just like those little games that are only good for like four hours, like that Flow yeah, game. Yeah, Flow's great. That was cool. Mm-hmm. It, it was, was an experience. Exactly. Um, I honestly think if uh, Sony was in Microsoft's position you would see a change. I think the reason why Microsoft isn't offering these blockbuster games is because they don't really have to. They're selling 100,000 units a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're more powerful. Exactly. Where, you know, their PlayStation is kind of still trying to make up ground with the PlayStation Network, so they're, they're giving, which is awesome. Give me these games, damn it. Um, so anyway, the, the two free offerings you're going to get this time is an Xbox Live arcade game called Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. I actually haven't played it um, every review I've seen on the internet is really good, really positive, really yeah. good game. And then as uh, as of October 16th, you can get Halo 3 for free. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pretty late to the party, but that's a substantial game. Like, Halo okay. 3 is one of the best. You know, it <laughs> Halo 3 is fucking awesome. Absolutely. Not only can you do that, but this weekend, you can play, you can get gold membership for free. It only la- it only lasts it only lasts. I need to weekend. do that because my uh, gold membership got revoked. I didn't. I didn't well, it doesn't last though. You can only uh, like it means you can play this weekend, right? Okay. And here's why I think they thanks, yeah, thanks guys. <laughs> but here's why I think they did it. Um, Grand Theft Auto's online component um, was live today or not today Tuesday, and so what I think they're trying to do is they're saying, hey, 
You bought Grand Theft Auto. Um, Grand Theft Auto Online is almost like a whole game in itself. Play it. Play it this weekend. Try it out. And if you like it... What do you do online in GTA? You make a character. The entire map is open to you. And you get together with your friends... You rob banks. Oh my god. You do heists. You do heists and you can oh make them gosh. up. You can make your own jobs up. You make That's so dope. You make your own jobs. You can make races. You and I can race each other. You and it I goes back to like what we were talking about before. It's like, is it okay to have these games where you can have these super elaborate, uh, you know, horrible things that you yeah. can play? Dude, on? Grand Theft Auto gets pretty horrible. South Park, you know, commented on that last night. It's like <laughs> The, the, the parents start watching quote-unquote murder porn. Murder porn. Which is basically just, like, cold case files yeah. and things that sexualize, like, murder and stuff and, and have, like, a sexual tension surrounding murder. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like, when when does it become too much? I don't know. Honestly, with Grand Theft Auto 2, there were times when I was playing... Not Grand Theft Auto 2, but Grand Theft Auto as well, number five. Um, there were times when I was playing it where, like, the dialogue actually did kind of irk me. Like, at what point in time does parody become so good that it is offensive? What is it? Okay. You know, like, and, uh, like, for, and here's when it really hit me. I had my door open, and I'm playing Grand Theft Auto, my, my shit's turned up, and my roommates were in the other room. Okay. And a cutscene's going on, and in this cutscene, the character is literally just, like, every other word is an expletive. Like, he is yeah. cussing his balls out. And I'm just like, I'm in here thinking to myself, dude... They probably think that, like, I'm just this lowbrow caveman <laughs> who just, like, wants to see... Like you made the game. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. I don't know, man. Again, I honestly... I just have the personal opinion that if you take... The only thing that you can control is your reactions to the external simu- or stimuli that are presented to you. And if you choose to be offended to something, that is your choice. Yeah, I in think... my opinion. And so, like, you can get all pissed off. You can you can really back some position or something and really think that it's bad. But you're uh, overall, you're choosing to be pissed off at something. And like, I just, I would rather brush shit off and, yeah. and let it be what it is. And like, I think people who say like, "Oh, that really offends me," so it should be taken down. Um, I honestly don't think. You should be offended by anything. I and agree. That, I don't know if that really if that's, if that's the right way to put it, but like if something like offends you, tough shit, you know. The only time that I really get offended by something is the intent, and if I care about that person's intent. So like, if I don't know you and you come up and you're like, "You're a tool, idiot, douche," <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "I don't give a shit." We're like, like horrible uh, insults to choose. We're <laughs> in eighth grade. Well, I mean, I'm getting drunker. Um, <laughs> you know, if you insult me and I don't know you, I'm just gonna be like, this guy's a douche, I don't care. Yeah. But, like, since I know you, if you're my friend, you could just say something like, You're going nowhere in life. No, you could just say, hate you, you, could say you, could do, you could even just say something like, Dude, you know, what you did was whack. You know, or something. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. that affects me way more than some idiot I don't know, you know? And so, again, like, what but you. From an artistic standpoint, like, if a movie or a TV show or a game is offensive, like, I just don't get matter? offended by should it that matter? that much. Yeah. I just don't let myself get offended. I think it's a choice. I really do. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, that shit's going to be free this weekend. You should definitely check it out. Um, Grand Theft Auto is a blast. You know, it, it's a sandbox. It's, it's here's... Um, yeah, I really want to see this new one because there's so much hype about it's it. It's incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, they've, they've really... I will go and say I am not on par with the rest of the industry who are giving, who's giving this game perfect scores. Um, wow. A lot of the mission design, there's times where, you know, they do a good job at, at letting you tackle each mission kind of how you want to, mm-hmm. but there are times where I feel like, me personally, I do what they didn't expect, and so, like, I either break the mission... I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. I have died. I have failed every mission once. And that frustrates the fucking hell out of me. Well, I mean, I think that's probably because you're a gamer and you expect to be able to do those missions. But, I don't know, maybe, but if I'm a gamer, shouldn't I know what they're feeding me? And, and Yeah, but, but like, they also have to be able to, to cater to the general shit. So, like, you know, you might die every time, but you have certain ways of looking at games. You know, just talking about, like, the red barrels, just... Yeah, like yeah. things that you, yeah, conventions that go into every game that you can pick up on and you can relate to the last games that you played. Yeah. Over. The road Whereas, like, yeah, if, if they don't necessarily buy into those conventions as much, right, then you're going to be a little bit more dissatisfied because it's not what you know yeah. as well. So, yeah, I mean, some of the mission design has honestly really pissed me off. Like I said, the dialogue, there are times where I'm just like, man... Is this parody or is this actually enforcing stereotypes? And you know, there's there's all that to be said. But, um, okay, still a great game, still fun. I'm ready. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm ready to just play golf. On exactly, it. <laughs> I still play it every night. You know. Okay, so that was number eight. Number four, um, a Battlefield Four, the the beta. <clears throat> excuse me. Nice. Battlefield Four beta has been going <laughs> on, and uh, it's looking great. I'm just going to mention this in passing, real fast, because when when Battlefield Four was first um, debuted. It was this big, long um, campaign uh, what, yeah, campaign preview. Okay. And so, number one, I don't give a shit about campaign. I play that for multiplayer. <laughs> number two, what got me so enveloped in that game is like the animations of the actual player models. They were so realistic. Okay. And in the actual demo, it was like all the same exact animations from Battlefield 3. I was like, you did nothing new. You made a bunch of new maps and paraded your ass through them. Like, congrats. Really pissed off. But okay. Battlefield 4, from what I've seen, I've, it's, it's really looking up to being incredible. Um, was that the one that you showed me, the, the theatrical trailer preview thing for, and I just had was wide-eyed? Like, oh that was tight. Titanfall. Yeah, okay. And that's a killer outfit. <laughs> that's the game. Literally. That was so wild. Dude, so throughout the world. Throughout the world. At E3, at Gamescom in Germany, at the Tokyo Game Show, at PAX East, everywhere this game has been, everybody has walked away from that game saying, that's the future. That's the future, baby. <laughs> Holy shit. That's what, yeah. And guess what, baby? Xbox One exclusive, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I really gotta get my bias out of this show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I say something real quick about the Xbox One yeah, or, go for uh, it. PS4 thing? Sure. Um, I think that it hasn't really been noted on as much, but I honestly think that the one that gets put out first, the one that is in commercial <coughs> markets and stuff before the other one, right, well, we have has, re- a hit, has an upper hand. We have the release dates. You want me to tell you them? Yeah. Um, November 15th, PlayStation 4. Okay. November 22nd. Ah, dude. I'm, well, I mean... If That's it's, not it's, enough time. Yeah, it's a week. I think it, it's, you know, it's... It it's negligible, dude. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's insignificant. Negligible. But in the past, I feel like somebody made the point that okay, with um, with like PS2, PS2 came out before the Xbox did, right? Yep. And and PS2 was largely 
the bigger, you know, more successful one in my opinion. I think. No, no, it was leaps and bounds. Oh, okay. PS2 I, just, I didn't want to make a point that yeah, wasn't yeah. founded. No, no, PS2 but, is one of the most uh, successful consoles of all time. But then I also want to say that Xbox 360 released before PS3, and it came out first, and it, it had the larger market share. So I almost want to say that yeah. the first one, but if it's insignificant amount of time. Like exactly. That, Which is why, honestly, it's really exciting. Good, yeah, it's, it's, it's even slate. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, Battlefield's looking awesome. Okay. What I saw that really impressed me through the beta was, uh, like, going back to animations, a lot of new knife animations, mm-hmm. and now you can... <laughs> yeah, your favorite. <laughs> listen to this, guys. You can block knife kills. This is crazy. Like, this guy, like, went up to knife this dude, and the character turned around and, like, stopped his hand, and then knifed him. <laughs> Vegeta style. Was Vegeta, dude. It was crazy, dude. Um, okay, number ten. So, the console's... We talked about how Steam is all digital, so there's no used games market. Yeah. The consoles are trying to adopt that same approach, and they can't do it right away because there needs to be, like, an uh, inter- intermediate period, basically. They want to get to a point where you just download games, just like you do Steam. Yeah, that's the ultimate. Which is how I would love to do it. Um, but here's, here's the thing. These new consoles are both coming with 500 gigabyte hard, hard drives. Okay. And you save yourself now... That's fucking huge, okay? Because yeah. every game I download now is only eight. But right? the games in the future with the bigger software and more. Listen to this. Okay. Killzone Shadowfall, which is a launch title for PlayStation 4, has been clocked in at 50 gigabytes. 50 gigs, dude! Going back to, we launched to the moon on a 64 bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. So the thing has 50 gigs. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. So what I'm saying is like, oh, so I can have ten games and a buck, and I gotta go buy propri- proprietary hardware. Can I ask you this? When you when you no. uh, <laughs> shut up, bitch. Yeah. Uh, no, when you buy the rights to the software for the game, do you download the game or are you streaming the game? Right, you either have it in your stuff or you're you download it. Okay, you're so playing you download it from your hard drive. Do you have to? Because I know that like a lot of people are really concerned about this thing about Xbox One, uh, even if it's just like a like a, a first player career mode or something, that you need the internet. You need the internet. And that's a big, like, like a lot of times I don't have the internet, but I want to play my game. Yeah. And that's BS. Well, guess opinion. what? I mean, Hunter, you're a little late to the party. <laughs> they uh, they actually changed their policy on that. We're actually going to get to a news, uh, the, one of the very last news points actually talks about that. We're going to get okay. to that. Um, okay, cool. They reversed their policy on that. They're not going to adopt that. Yeah, we'll delay that. Exactly. So yeah, Killzone's 50 gigs, so I'm just like, alright, well you promised this you know, awesome marketplace where I can download games, but gigs. yeah, but 50 gigs for a game? Shit. I really hope this isn't like... And by the end of the uh, product life cycle of Dude. Xbox One and PS4, it could be 100 gigs yeah, exactly. for some of the better Which, games. you know, I hope this isn't... I, I don't think this, but I can easily see someone be like, well they just want... You know, they want you to they want to make you download it that way you gotta buy extra memory from them yeah. to more money. Well can't you just get like a terabyte attachment or something like that'll help you? I would hope so. As of right now you can. Really? Like with Microsoft you, like you can you can use your own external hard drive, but you can only use sixteen gigs of it. They'll limit you. Okay. Which is weird. I don't know why they do that. Yeah. Alright, so okay, back to Microsoft's policy reversal. Shuhei Yoshida who is president of Sony's Worldwide Studio, or is the president of Sony Worldwide Studio, um, actually expressed his admiration for Microsoft's policy reversal. And this really struck a chord with me. I found this interesting because, um, so Microsoft released, and they got, like, or they did their press conference, 
And, and, oh, dude. I was just sorry, was really dude. spilling beer. Dude, that there. wasn't my fault. I'm sorry. Well, it wasn't your fault you didn't open the beer? I opened the beer, but the beer decided to overflow. Not me. <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right. Um, they got all that flack for, you know, all their, all their policy about, D, you know, DRM and having to hook up to the internet. And they reversed. And then at E3, this honestly pissed me off. Okay. In, in my opinion, I think PlayStation kind of hit them while they were down. They came on stage and were like, oh, you can't share your game with Xbox? Well, guess what? This is how easy it is to share with us. And like, oh, Microsoft's over there trying to figure... They, like, they were, they're throwing jabs. Why is that a bad thing? That's what business is always doing. Because I think you should, you should rise above that. You should be more mature than that. No, they're trying to have a competitive advantage. There's competitive advantage, and then there's straight-up insult. And I don't see... I, I guess somebody who's not in the loop and, like, in the mix of it all, all I hear is them hearing a business strategy that they can take advantage of, and they're going to take advantage of it. You know, like, and that's what everyone does in the market. Well, see, I think you should take advantage by showing your own clout, not by... Oh, so they, so they basically, like, made a point that, like, okay, this shit sucks, yeah, and we're going to do this. Exactly. Instead of just allowing the customer to make the judgment for themselves yes. that, okay, this is worse because they said this. Right. Okay, yeah. Which well, really I'm... pissed me off, and I was like, dude, that's not cool. Like, don't do that. And, and, and since then, Microsoft has been on this upward battle, really trying to restore their image, and I think they have a little bit... Um, and in all honesty, I think a year from now, once these consoles have launched, everything that's happened beforehand was literally gonna, like yeah. not going to fucking matter. Exactly. So he pretty much came on and said, uh, this was an in, in an interview with uh, Games Industry, he acknowledges the fight that PlayStation 4 must face to become the dominant uh, console in the U.S. He, he kind of acknowledged the fact that Microsoft has the ground in in the U.S., and they, they have to really bring it if they're going to really? that. PS4 acknowledges that? Mm-hmm. You wonder if that's almost even a, a good or bad idea, right? Because if they're acknowledging that somebody is better than them, imagine Pepsi and Coke, right? Like, yeah. If Pepsi's just like, well, obviously Coke is, has the bigger market share, then people are going to be like, okay, well, there's two ways of looking at but it. But he, back, he backed it up. He's, okay. you know, he, he consistently came back to PlayStation 4's plans and what they're doing and why... And how they're going to topple it. You know, mm-hmm. Not that like, oh, we lost and we're done. But I, I, for me, the biggest point was that they're finally acting like adults and not throwing jabs anymore. You know, it would, For me, it was good to see that. Do you think, do you think that they had like, an outside um, party or parties yeah. tell them, like, hey, that was a little low? Maybe. Need, I mean, need it's possible. Maybe they're, like, they're, they're public relations or something. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um... Number 12, Sony recently, back to Sony, commented on the value of PlayStation 4. And uh, Sony's UK managing director believes that while the PlayStation 4 may have a cheaper price point than Xbox, $100 cheaper at $399, Xbox is $499, value will be important to when it comes, will be more important to customers in the long run. And although this is a very quick, short, quick-fire news item, I wanted to bring up the topic of value. And for me, the reason why that $100 extra is completely validated is the Kinect. You are going to get a Kinect with this Xbox. And and you you should really see the tech demos that this Kinect... Like, the things that this Kinect does blow my fucking mind, right? They can map your room in 3D 
To the point where they can see the wrinkles on your shirt? Yeah, I think I've seen a movie where there's, like, dots or something. It was, like, a horror movie. Yeah. And, like, you see dots all over somebody because of the connect. It's, like, projecting these dots. Yeah, and, and like, they've got, they can detect individual fingers. They can detect the only... Individual digits. They can detect the, um, the orientation of your hands. And so, granted, right now, we may, we don't, we may not, no, we do not have any sort of software that really shows how this is going to be used in a gaming atmosphere. But in my mind, you give a developer that tool, that incredible piece of technology, that it, in its own right is probably, it's probably worth more than the $100 you're paying for it. Yeah. You give them that tool, give them four years with it, they're probably going to make, like, I can guarantee you, if you can see, if they can map your face, your face is going to be in the next Oblivion or, or the next Elder Scrolls game. You know, your, God, your face. So that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get to literally have an actual it's representation of yourself. Yeah, which is what everybody, I mean, not everybody, what a large majority of people want. Hell yeah. I mean, like, if we're going to play Tiger Woods on the Kinect... I want my face to be on the golfer that I'm... Right? I don't want it to be some close-to-me face. Exactly. my face, I'm like, hell yeah. I hit a 350-yard drive. But yeah, I think it's really interesting that he points out value because I, I, I agree with him. I think it does come down to a value um, proposition where it's it's just like, yeah, it, you think about an iPad, dude. iPads are expensive. Yeah. Or, or even a computer, but like it's it's not that... You're not buying it because... You have to. You're buying it because of the value it brings, and I, I think iPads are a little different though because I don't think that they inherently I'm bring not way one. much more. I think I personally, I think iPads are pure, pure novelty. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's okay. that's yeah, that's a different story. N- neither here nor there. Neither here or anywhere really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so number thirteen, <laughs> finally, here we are. Our last news item. All right, so um, Hunter, <laughs> if you were to guess. <laughs> Who the top dog? Who the number one most valuable brand in the world was? Who would you say? I'm going to say Apple. You nailed it. Because, you know why? I already know the answer. We talked about it in class twice as well. Oh, did you? It's funny, too, because the marketing the marketing class said that the Coca-Cola brand was the top. It was number one. It, it was, was number one. It just got overtaken yes. by Apple recently. So, yeah. Long story short, I'll probably let you talk uh, to this a little bit more if you already talked about in the class. Um, a report from... Interbrand, which is a corporate identity and brand consulting company, uh, they they the one who ran this report. Apple has replaced Coke as a number one company, and Coke has had number one for thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two is now Google. Wow, what? No, Coke is number not number two. Coke is number three. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Google is that's number huge. Th- it's huge over time, and they jump from number four to number. Three. But that makes total sense. Google is really such an integral part of every day, everyone's life. Yeah, Google is, is, I mean, even the the way they have simplified my life with Google Docs. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, dude, I made a questionnaire with Google Forms. It was great. Yeah, it's, Google's awesome. So, um, they're, they're number one. Google's number two. Coke is now number three. Um, and if you really think about it, they, they definitely deserve it. I think Apple has really changed everybody's lives. I mean, with whether it be the products... Show it. Yeah. Whether, whether it be the products they actual, actually make... I, or the fact that they have set such a high bar for the industry, it was their software that made us change the way we interact with technology, and every company has followed suit. Right. And even, even if they have certain things that they have done better, that was prompted from Apple's original 
you know, yeah. efforts. And in, and in my complete, like... That litigation that Apple and, uh, went through with the... Was yeah. it Google or Samsung? I think it was Samsung. It was Samsung. And, and I mean, that, that just goes to show. I mean, there's... People are trying to get in on what they're doing. You can literally hand an iPad to a fucking four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And they can navigate it. You know, it's that intuitive. And it, some uh, lady in my class said that uh, she just thought how ridiculous... She thought she thought it was so interesting how brand was brand itself the the, the concept of brand mm-hmm. brand imaging is so important because like she literally saw a nine month old like baby <laughs> or something you know see a iPhone and look on the back to see if it had the Apple on it because it acknowledged that like yeah it was an Apple product yeah. it knew it was looking for that thing <laughs> and yeah I, I guess going off of um, what I learned in class a little bit this week is is brand is huge. Um, brand the the idea of there's brand and there's like brand equity. There's there's all different like I guess variations of what you can consider brand. But really, what brand is is everything that's encompassed between when you think of buying your first product to when you think of buying you know the same uh, the next product from that same company. It's like okay, well, why do I want to go see this? How is it going to affect me? You know, how am I going to interact with this product? What is it? What are the real benefits that I'm getting from this product? You know, it, yeah. it's everything. But yeah, it, it, Apple is just like the, the gravity they have. I mean, fuck. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's still now. Is their stock still the, the highest? Has the most worth? Um, I'm not sure. I want to say that they had to go through a split recently. I know it's like in the 450 range. I think it was at one point it was like 600. Yeah, yeah. Which is ridiculous. That's, I mean, 600 bucks for a single share. Yeah, but like they had to, like, you know, when when companies get that high, they want to be able to have normal investors be able to invest in it. Yeah, that's true. So they'll go through like stock splits and your shares will be like worth half as much, but then you'll get twice as many shares. Oh, really? Yeah, so that the, so that like, you know, normal investors have more of an ability to be able to invest in it. Well, that's really smart. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't let it know that. That's cool. Tidbits for the day. There you go. Um, <laughs> is the Apple brand is valued this year at $98.3 billion, which is up 28% from last year. From last year? Can you fucking believe that? Which is That company grew 28% a year. When they didn't... Would, did that take into consideration... iPhone 5. Okay. But wow. still, that's still an iteration. I mean, like... In my personal opinion, they really haven't done anything that is... I mean... Groundbreaking. Yeah, I know. Like, for me, yeah, the iPhone was groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. I don't think they have done anything near that since then. But still, 20%? Like, goddamn, whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. I can tell you that um, the next groundbreaking thing is wearable technology. Do you agree with me? You know what's funny? It's like the watch. Yeah. Or the... I, I personally think that if you are going to invest in Google Glass, then you are a prick. Um, it's like not because not because it's not a great product, not because it's gonna, but like when you let allow something to impede people's vision, looking it, into your eyes. When I look into you're your assuming eyes, I don't want to see some. I don't want to see you know some piece of plastic or piece of you know hardware above your eyebrows and stuff. When I'm looking straight at your face, mm, I don't think that comes with it, dude. I think it's it's only an impedance if you let it be, and if it becomes a social norm, that it will no longer impede you. That being said. I yeah. just don't want no, 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 to be no, no, no. a normal thing. Look, look, look. <laughs> I saw for the first time in my fucking life some guy wearing Google glasses last weekend. And William, what did you think? What was I the was like, you thought? to be completely honest, when I, saw, when I saw the reveal video, 
completely captured my imagination. Right. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm buying it whenever I can. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a grand mm-hmm. probably. But I saw that guy, and I was like, it looks like a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's the <laughs> yeah. same thing as like the Bluetooth effect, right? When you see, you know, when you <laughs> the see, Bluetooth effect. right? Whenever you see the people wearing stuff in their ears, um, and they're not, they're not engaging with the rest of the outside world. Yeah, they're well. It's it's not just that. I don't I don't really know how to put real literal words on it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to use baby words. I, I'm going to try and roundabout explain how I feel about it. When somebody wears a Bluetooth earpiece and they're just sitting there talking, and you know, like <laughs> yeah. I just think of like a businessman who, which is, I guess, I might be influenced by Breaking Bad because there's a, a guy that did this who was yeah. an asshole wearing a Bluetooth earpiece. But um, I just think of like a businessman who's just like, I don't care what you're saying, like I'm gonna do this and that. Yeah, you're you're almost talking to yourself, but you know that you're talking out loud, and you don't give a fuck what the outside world thinks, right? Yeah, exactly. Whereas like if you have a phone to your ear, you're having like people have to acknowledge that you're in a conversation. That's but true. then you could, if you're wearing a Bluetooth earpiece, I could be talking to you and then like be looking straight into your eyes and then start talking to somebody else, which makes it completely impersonal. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, come on, man, get with the program. Yeah. Well, man, that's all the news items we have. Okay. Which was honestly. It was pretty long. What time are we at? We were at an hour and 12 minutes. Shit. Yeah. We, Is that too long? Uh, I, I would <laughs> say an hour and 10 would be a mark where I would want to stop. I, um,. I think going forward for this this next episode, we will just. There are some stories that I think sparked little bitty. Uh, I don't know, not debates, but ideas. I think mm-hmm. elaboration. I think I think you and I are both excited about talking about things. On the yeah, episode, well, so. we're, yeah, we're good conversationalists. So. Yeah, exa- yeah, we're the greatest. We'll go ahead and uh, which is why you're listening. <laughs> we'll go ahead and pump ourselves up. Yeah, while you're listening. Um, so real fast, um, please. Please, please, please. We're going to be we're going to be creating an email very soon where you can email questions. So until then, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Bodacious Chase and Hunter. I am at Diesel Dorset, and I am starting to look at it more. So yeah, I, I used to never look at Twitter. I used to think it was just you know kind of a waste of time. But I'm starting to look at it. <laughs> starting to look at it a little bit more. Post a few tweets. If you get at me, I'll be so. Amped yes. to get back to you and to put it on the show. Yeah, so, so please, please send your questions. Uh, you can find us now on iTunes, Witty Banter, filter through the uh, with press podcast to filter that shit out. Um, we're still working on getting all that information straight. Uh, I know it's it still looks pretty unprofessional. So. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think it'll be almost nice because if, if we do get followers, yeah. they're going to see our first episodes and be like, wow, these guys really work for nothing. Like our first episode had so much feedback and just like, yeah, no. you know, and God the for volume you. mixing was horrible. But <laughs> people will come to cherish that if they come to be our followers. I hope so. so. Yeah. If you're listening now, I already consider you our friend. One you're of my, one one of my, of my better show. friends. Yes. <laughs> yeah. At Bonacious Chase, at Dieseldorf Set, Facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast to also follow us. BodaciousChase.com, that is where you can consume our audio. Hunter, do you have anything else to add? Um, ACL this weekend. Oh, it's going to be crazy. So, so yeah, we hope we're, we're not going to go in depth because we're running out of time, but that's uh, we'll a. We'll talk about it next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. do that. We'll do Hunter's that. Hunter's going ACL. And it's my birthday next Monday, so mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to. Go ahead and let this weekend be my celebration. Yeah, good for you, good for you. 
right. Well, hey, thank you so much again for listening. Uh, I can't. I can't even begin to tell you how grateful we are. We will be back next week. This has been Witty Banter.